Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce to you. She's a friend of mine. Yes, yes, I am. And she goes by the name of Kelsey. Wow. All the way from New Jersey. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, welcome back to On a Sunny Day. I didn't know I had. Such a beautiful girl walking down the street. Wow, Ooh. you just killed that. Shit. Fire. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to episode number 10 of a sidebar podcast. Kelsey, they thought we were toast, but, but we're, we're still, still the bread. bread. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they thought we were toast, but we're still the bread. Uh, welcome back. The king is back. Our, we are officially... This podcast is longer than Conor McGregor's fight. Shit. We we are literally. It's my dad. Can you believe? So people paid a thousand eight hundred dollars to watch that fight, right? Like I think on the cheapest scale. Yeah. People had to pay. Even the worst seats in T-Mobile Arena were a thousand eight hundred dollars. I can't imagine. All right, let's just say maybe three hundred, four hundred dollars. Yeah. But the whole night you're sitting there in anticipation. You're probably going out and pre-gaming and all this stuff. And you're going and you're celebrating. And then he fights and he ends the fight in 40 seconds. Yeah. And, and not only that, though, like when they're showing all the famous people and celebrities entering the building, they're, they're really only coming for maybe like the co-main event and the main event. But So you're telling me that they're there for like 40 seconds? And I'm sure Tom Brady had – or not Tom Brady. Who came in like last second? Oh, Matthew McConaughey. I'm sure he had, like, front row seats or whatever. All right, all right, all right. And he saw a 40-second fight. Shit's crazy. I mean, when you have that much money, what is, like, 18 grand to you? You know? Yeah, that's true. Who cares? I would be there from, like, the start. But that's, the, that's the thing is McGregor just draws the stars, man. Yeah. McGregor really, really brings in... Every single person. Like, half the NFL was there. Baker Mayfield was there. Miles Garrett was there. Tom Brady was there. Anybody that's not in the playoffs was pretty much there. Yeah. Uh, any actor. Batista was there. A lot of UFC fighters were there. Uh, I know Jorge Masvidal was there. Oh, yeah, in his fucking robe. Versace robe. He was trying to... So, apparently, he was trying to take a slide dig at Conor McGregor um, because Conor had wore the Versace robe... Uh, when he was training uh, for the Mayweather fight. So it was like, you know, kind of showing him like, yeah, I'm the shit now. Like, I I'm yeah, the but money. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I listened to a lot of things after the fact, too. But Connor was like, in his like post-fight interview, they're like, did you see Masvidal in that robe? He's like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. He you, had no, he was like, I don't even understand what that was. He's like, he's like, that was weird, wasn't it? Like, what underwear was he wearing? Like, yeah. was he copying those too? Like, I love I what he said. It. He goes, old women, old women in Ireland wear that. They're housecoats. I liked how he called it a housecoat. Yeah, coat. he's like, while they're watching the soaps. <laughs> yeah, they're watching soap operas. And then he's like, oh, it's insane. But for those that don't know, the, the whole reason, if you've watched any of my Instagram stories. This has nothing to do with the Senorita intro. We just we just wanted to do that. That's a yeah, fire song. It, it, I, honestly, I think it might be our new intro. Every week we're doing the Senorita intro. Yeah, just but we shift off. You you do the Justin part, I do the Justin part. <laughs> or every week we could just 
We could just do a Justin song from like the 2000s. I know, but we're going to run out. Oh, uh, yeah. And we're not doing Man of the Woods. Yeah. Oof. oof. What, a, what an album. We'll get to that later, but let's stay on topic. Uh, we're trying to do that. I, we've, we've taken a lot of uh, collective criticism. Is that the word for it, right? Why? People say we go Constructive off topic? criticism. People Cons- say we go off topic. Yeah, I mean, but I'm Dude, also an idiot, so. We take, we, I call these artistic leaps and. Wow. <laughs> enjoy the ride <laughs> someone is someone is ready for their position in politics yeah um what i was gonna say though My is social media history says otherwise Seriously. uh okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, cleared them <laughs> yeah 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 clear uh, all them fucking tweets claire what's that from claire oh is that spongebob wait no where no the no. clear the, it's like the oh yeah claire the em em uh not an emt uh the, uh, the def- defibrillator i don't know i don't fucking no, know i don't know the heart shocking thing. Anybody that's in medical. All my nurses. <laughs> yeah, all my nurses hit, hit me up. But yeah, going back to the Connor fight, for those that don't know, the reason why I keep on saying, uh, you know, they think we were toast, but I'm still the bread, is because Connor McGregor had done a 47 minute interview with Ariel Helwani, who, by the way, is probably a cousin of mine. He's a. He's I a, feel like that's one of your friends from like high school. He looks exactly like every single one of my cousins. Yeah. It's, in, it's insane. So he and he's got a huge he schnoz looks, on. He him. looks like every like Israeli ever. Yeah. So he's actually a Moroccan Jew. Is uh, he really? Yeah. He's a Moroccan. So he's you. Yeah. He's well. I'm a better looking version of him. I would say. He's cute. Yeah, but he got a nose on him. He's got so a, do you? Nah, but he's got a pecker. <laughs> Yo, you all do. I know. You all have strong, strong noses. I have a very um, bassy nose. My nose kind of looks like it's trying to occupy the most of my face. <laughs> my, his nose looks like it, it's uh, it's I like pointing. Oh yeah, he's a very attractive dude for sure. He also has a cool sense of style. I like. When it. you see other Israelis, do you automatically think like that's my cousin? Um, I mean, it crosses my mind. Yeah. I would say like, you know. Do you think as an Israeli that you all look alike or is it from like an outsider ignorant perspective I, I that wouldn't, I think you all look See, like? the thing is, is like I think you think the Sephardi Israelis look alike. Like the, the Israelis that are from like Morocco, Algeria, yeah, Syrian. Tunisia, Syrian, uh, like you, yeah, Yemenite. Yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah. I, I mean, we, I, won't, I don't look like an Israeli. That but hip- you know you don't. You, to you, you're like, I don't look the same as like you can tell the difference. Yeah, I can differentiate for sure. Whereas regions don't really like occupy my mind i'm kind of just like you all you know a lot of people also don't only like middle eastern people know i'm middle eastern people that aren't like white people (laughs) think i'm I'm either puerto rican or dominican or something like that but i i I know and uh, you're always like you always scare them because you're like what do you think i am and i all right this is off topic we'll get back to the connor fight in a second but I hate when people, there's a few things I hate when people do. They do the, what do you think I am? Oh, so you hate when I do that? In terms of like, yeah, I think it's, I think it just makes the other person think that they're going to offend you and it makes it, puts them in an uncomfortable (laughs) position. And I don't like when people say, how old do you think I am? Because I, a lot of like older people do that thinking, I think that they do it because inside they think they look they look better than how old they are. So they want to see if you, if someone can validate it for them. I also, I always just. And then I'm like, listen, dude. I actually think you're probably like 60, but I'll, I'll always take off like 15 years. And then you, you have to do all this math in your head to give an age that won't offend them. And then they're like, no, really? How old do you think I am? And I'm like, dude, I'm going to overshoot it. If you're, so if, just don't if, ask me. If you're anywhere, if I can pin you anywhere between 30 and 40, I'm saying 35 always. 
unless I know you're, I'm always going to be like, you're, you look at least like 35 and they're like, no, I'm 42. I'm like, I fucking know you're in your forties. Like, I'm not going to tell you you're well, 45. Cause then that's just going to hurt your feelings. I just hate that. Like, why, what's up with this mind games? Like, I don't walk around being like, how old am I? And someone's like 25. I'm like, I'm 23. Like, you fucking dick. Like, yeah, give you, me those two years. Like, it's, it's, it's an older person thing because they want to the, be, to they be want younger. people to think that they're younger. Anyway. And then the, the, like, in terms of like, where am I from or whatever? Like, people have done that to my mom before. Like, like I don't know. Whenever we're in a situation, they'll be like, you know, oh my god, you your mom's the worst. Like, one if we're for in that. an Uber and or a cab <laughs> or something or a thing to the airport, like they'll be like, I don't know. It'll come up and they'll be like, well, where do you think I am? And I'm like, don't ask my mom this, because <laughs> yeah. she does not like really like. I, she if she said the wrong thing, it's not intentionally to be offensive, but like. In that's a, just that's just where of, she's from. She doesn't know anything better. Yeah. I didn't know you look. So I'm like, don't ask because <laughs> you know, three women in the back of a car. I don't want to offend anyone. Yeah, exactly. But okay, that was my little rant. Uh, what are we talking about? The yeah. fight. Yeah. So going back, so he we watched the full 47 minutes of the Ariel Helwani. Uh, the whole reason we went on the tangents because I said he looks like my cousin. Oh yeah, he does. But. Uh, <laughs> We watched the full 47-minute um, interview with him, and uh, Connor is like the king of, of, uh, PR. of just sound bites. Yeah. Like, that one, he's like, this isn't talent, this is obsession. And you're like, oh, you know? Yeah. So or I, I texted you, so I'll read it later, but I texted yeah. you stuff from his post-fight in press conference and i'm yeah. like how does this guy have the most witty one-liners yeah at all times and i also think that i hope this this doesn't come off wrong but i think the fact that he's irish just works so well for him yeah he has such a dope accent like if i said half the shit that he said i really have a hard time believing that anybody's gonna be like all right that's cool yeah you know it just he sounds more badass like surprise surprise motherfucker the king is back and you're like yeah. whoa i'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely, absolutely fucking no one yeah like that's the shit yeah. that's cool I think it's as fuck. also the fact that when he says fuck he says fook yeah fook you fucking and so it sounds less harsh mm-hmm. you know and you're kind of like huh it was funny but also badass at the same yeah. time no, whereas I... if we say fuck we're just like fuck you fucking asshole and it's like, okay, this kid has like daddy issues. Yeah, you're a fucking prick, you dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's how I envision anybody uh like What? What saying uh that. But so he's in the interview and he looks like super freaking focused. I don't know. I, I could see in his eyes that he's like he just wants to get back. He wants to wipe the loss. He wants to get back to the UFC. He wants to, you know, shut up all the people that are the naysayers. Um, but he, uh, at the end, uh, Helwani asks him, how much money do you think you're gonna, you're gonna bring in on this fight? And he goes, I don't know, you know, about 80 million. And, and then Helwani's like, 80 million? And he goes, they thought I was toast, but I'm still the bread, Ariel. And you're like, you're like, damn, that's fucking, that's so fire. Yeah. You know, they thought I was toast, but I'm still the bread, meaning he's making the bread. Yeah. So all in all. <laughs> It's kind of funny because the majority of the time that I spend talking about Conor McGregor or you spend talking about Conor McGregor, it's always what's outside of the octagon. Yeah. You know, we always talk about... He's a he's a celebrity. Like, he's yeah. a pop culture phenomenon. Like, people uh, who don't watch UFC will watch his fight or they just, like, know of him. Like, anyone who you say, you know about Conor McGregor? Like, yeah, they know about him. Like, just yeah. like people know about, you know, other, I don't know, singers, mm-hmm. like, actors. He's transcended like 
the ring. Yeah, I think he's like a full, he's a full fledged like world renowned athlete. You know, it's crazy. So I mean, it's it's also nuts too because he didn't step foot into an octagon last year. I think, or I, I can't really remember. Yeah, but he's, he, been, he's been out. He said fifteen months. Yeah, but yeah, so he banked forty seven million dollars not fighting once in the UFC. Yeah, which is insane. Wait, are we, should we talk about the fight? Like, we should. Get yeah, no, that absolutely. Too. That's okay. what I'm trying to say. Is like, you know, when you talk Connor, like you, there's so much of a path that you have to go through. Like talking about his interviews, his sound bites, his his uh, his fashion, what his I... walk, all that. But you, like, the last thing you really talk about, you know, from a fan's perspective, is the actual fight. So, I mean, there's not much to break down. There's not much to even talk about. It's not like we're. Uh, full-fledged ESPN commentators or analysts or anything like that. it was 40 seconds. It was 40 seconds long. Fire. Yeah. And he just, he came out looking good and whatever. He fucking killed it. But I think the main thing I wanted to talk about um, with regards to that is just like the, uh, I guess a lot of the comments about him or about this fight was like, oh, it was staged. Like um, Cowboy, who was the opponent, like has fought, the most out of anyone ever, I think, in the UFC. This was his 34th UFC fight. So in and the, he fought like 11 fights last year? Yeah, in the last year, Donald Cowboy Cerrone fought 11 times. Conor McGregor has fought 12 times in his entire UFC career. Yeah. That's insane, right? Yeah. So if you figure, he's nearly three times uh, the amount of times Conor's fought is the amount that Cowboy's Crazy. fought. But people said basically like, oh, they made a deal, like he he agreed to lose this one, or oh, they gave Connor like an easy win to get him back into like you know, to become a fan favorite again. Like they gave him this fight, knowing that it was going to be an easy win for him because Cowboy's clearly like burnt out, and how many fights can you do with before you just start you know losing? Mm-hmm. So I guess what what are your thoughts on? I have my I've I've taken the time to think about what I think you know about this. Yeah, but. To think about what I think about this, but mm-hmm. anyway, um, so what? What are your thoughts? Obviously, we're we're clearly McGregor fans, right? So, yeah. what we're gonna say comes with bias. I mean, that's just a plain fact. Like, yeah. Um, but well, I, I've tried to be like step away from it and think about what I realistically think is the case. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think um, when when I think about it, right? Uh, so just to 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 give a premise, right? Um. Back when I first started watching the UFC, it was like 2014, right? And um, the reason why I started watching it was because of, at the time, I was like, this guy named Conor McGregor seems to be like a really cool personality to follow. Mm-hmm. So I had really grasped onto MMA and UFC because of him and his personality. Through that, I started to branch off and create other like fandoms. Like I'm a really big... Uh, Daniel Cormier fan. I really like Max Holloway. I like Dustin Poirier. Uh, so, you know, there's a bunch of other fighters that I like. And, you know, Conor McGregor was the reason why I really opened up my eyes and really started to like mixed martial arts. It's actually grown to become my favorite sport to watch because it's incessant entertainment. It's incessant action. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're watching football, basketball, whatever, you have a halftime, you have this. MMA, from the second they're getting into the cage, they're trying to knock each other out or submit each other or, you know, or just go the distance and, and try to win by the judges. Uh, least likely the, 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 the latter. But with that being said, obviously I have a Connor bias, but I 
do think that this wasn't an easy opponent, but it was one of the easier ones that he could have faced. Yeah. I think that there were a lot tougher people that were waiting for him that he could have fought. But with that being said, it's not like people don't come back a lot and fight a tune-up fight. It's very, very common in the UFC. It's very, very common in, in, in combat sports in general. After you've had a couple of slumps, I think the last time Conor won was like over a thousand days ago, right? They said his, his, end of 2016. Yeah. So his last win was Nate too. Yeah. Right? Uh, or, yeah, or Eddie Alvarez or something like that. I can't really remember. Um, but, you know, uh, everybody that has a slump has to come back and, and fight a tune-up fight. So if Cowboy was a tune-up fight, if that's what you're going to call it, that's a very difficult tune-up fight. Mm-hmm. Donald Cowboy Cerrone has the most significant strikes, the most head kick knockouts in the UFC. He's a fucking savage. And I always say no one fights more than Cowboy. That comes back to bite you in the ass, right? Mm-hmm. You 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 get spent you spend enough time getting kicked in the fucking head and punched in the face and getting put in chokeholds and all that, your body's gonna wear and tear, right? Mm-hmm. I think they say once you get knocked out once or once you get hit that much, your your ability to withstand not being knocked out diminishes. Like you, you your iron jaw starts to uh, yeah. to soften up. So I think that was this the easier route? I, I, I would agree with that point. Was it the easiest route? I wouldn't say so. Is it a tune-up fight? Yes. But was the fight really, really fucking good? Yeah, like that's for the, my... For the 40 seconds that it lasted? I think, yeah. We saw him do shots with his shoulder. I've never seen that before. We we saw him... And he broke his nose with his shoulder. Yeah, he bro- I think he broke his nose with his shoulder. Yeah, and then he, 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 he had a kick. head kick. He did a head kick. Um, and he obviously had that lethal fucking left hand. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a. He did a knee strike too. Yeah. He did like he's funny. He he said in his interview he's like oh I went back to my boxing gym and it's funny because what knocked him out was like my shoulder and like my leg kick like mm-hmm. he didn't do any really like of his like infamous punching or whatever I mean not until yeah. he was on the ground whatever yeah but yeah I I agree with what you're saying I think that like clearly I'm a fan so I'll try to like defend him <laughs> in any way I can but if people are saying like. Oh, I knew it was going to happen. Like, like Cowboy agreed to, like, throw the fight. I really don't think that the UFC would, like, let a fight last 40 seconds and him throw it. And, it, like, you did you see his face? Like, it, it wasn't like he, like, the ref, like, uh, what, Herb, Dean. Herb Dean, like, yeah. called it prematurely. Like, he had blood in his eye. His nose was bleeding. Like, his eye was swollen, like, already. You know, like, I don't think that... I don't know if they if they really were like all in you know cahoots to throw the fight. Mm-hmm. It would have been way too obvious. I don't think that there's a way to do that and it actually come across like legit. Mm-hmm. I think that you're right. He just obviously he went with somebody who, you know, he thought he could he could win. Mm-hmm. I I don't think he thought like obviously he's gonna say oh I, I knew I could take him quickly. Forty seconds, even if he was quote unquote easy, is still impressive to yeah. win in forty seconds. Yeah. You know, whoever you're facing, that's crazy. And, um, I don't know. I feel like people like want to, you know, want to quickly dismiss him. I thought he looked really good. Like Mm -hmm. I thought he looked strong as fuck. Confident too. Yeah. Confident. I think he, he looked ready to go. So I'm excited. I usually for his fights, I'm always nervous. Cause like, I don't know. I just feel like when you're cocky, you know, unless you're like, I don't know who John Jones. Yeah. I just always, with Connor, I have these subtle doubts. I'm like, he's going to come in. He's going to, like, over, 
kill it in the first 30 seconds and then he's going to be exhausted the whole rest of the fight and then i'm always on the edge of my seat mm-hmm. so i'd rather him finish it quickly so it doesn't go that long so bringing up his cockiness the one thing that they did this fight card and like with this press conference isn't and, and like I don't know whether you want to call it the new Connor or his PR person telling him, like, you need to fucking calm down. But he was sober for two to three months, or three to four months, he said, meaning he didn't, he didn't have any of his proper 12 Irish whiskey. <laughs> so he didn't have any of that. Um, and then he also, uh, he didn't really talk shit. There was a lot of... A lot of respect. A lot of respect. Donald Cowboy Cerrone's grandmother came in and hugged him. Yeah, they like. Yeah, they, they like embraced. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I've never seen that out of uh, McGregor. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, after him and Nate chop it up, like they have a really weird relationship. Nate Diaz and but Conor McGregor. I still McGregor. think Conor respects Nate. Exactly. I think the only person Conor does not respect is Khabib. Khabib. I think that is like a weird dynamic with them too. Uh, everyone else, I think Conor can step away. Even Conor's even said like respectful things about Floyd. You know what I mean? Yeah. See the thing. He's still like yo. You don't become a billionaire. Is Floyd a billionaire? Yeah, I think so. He's like, you don't become that like accidentally. Like this guy knows what he's doing. You know. The, the problem with Floyd is that he's bad with money. I think he spends it quicker than he makes it, which is why he's come out of retirement like eight times. Yeah. And apparently he's also in tax trouble. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, people say that he fights because um, he needs to make money, uh, make back the money from his taxes or whatever. Jeez. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you what do you have to say about a person who has like ten Bugattis in their in their garage, right? But um, yeah, so I, I thought that you know that was different. I'm sure a lot of people were like, "Oh, I wish we we could have got more like uh, aggression and 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 energy out of Connor," you know, mm-hmm. from the pressers and the press conferences. I, I kind of liked it. I, I think that. Be, seeing that he didn't really talk that much shit. But he still did talk shit. That's the yeah. thing is, even in the, when he was at, like at the end when Joe Rogan came out, he was like, he's like, I'll take any one of you motherfuckers or whatever he he's said. He's like, any of you mouthy fools. That's what oh, he yeah, called yeah. them, mouthy fools. He's like, the guy in the desk. <laughs> yeah, I lo- that was actually my favorite, favorite part. So uh, when he was talking about the guy at the desk, like anybody that can get it, even the guy at the desk was Paul Felder, the Irish dragon. I like Paul Felder. Felder's a really intelligent dude, and he knows a lot about MMA, uh, and he's also a phenomenal analyst. I really like him as a com- commentator. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of that's like Ireland v Ireland. Not really. I think he's from Philly. Like you know, there's <laughs> yeah. uh, he's like the Irish dragon. Like he's as Irish as you are Polish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, so. With that, like I, I think that I enjoyed the fact that uh, like. Um, he called him out, and Felder was like, I'm here as an analyst first. So he analyzed the fight, and then after, he was like, as a fighter, he can get it. I don't know. I just really, I really <laughs> like that. I thought that was so cool. It's like Connor's constantly thinking. And I think the coolest thing about Connor's just like, like him as a, a celebrity, as a fighter, whatever, is everything he does comes across to me, both parts natural and like authentically him, and also like manufactured like but obviously he has some say in what he how he comes across i think you're trying to think of calculated not manufactured yeah i guess not in a bad way manufactured like he's not like some pop star whatever but like yeah calculated like he 
I think he he knows what, like even in the post fight interview they said oh you didn't do your billion billionaire walk or whatever you know what he does with his arms when he leans back and like whatever struts mm-hmm. and he said oh it was it didn't feel natural to me everyone wanted me to do it and expected me to do it so I just gotta you know I gotta do the opposite basically mm-hmm. so like he I feel like he's true to himself and and acts like himself but he also he also like toys and plays with like the public's perception of him I don't know he does both like I never think he's really like. And except for that interview with Ariel where he was like apologizing or whatever. I'm like, okay, someone told him to do that. But I feel like for the most part, don't you feel that he's really... You're talking about the interview that he did like three or four months ago in December? So, no, it was... It was like September. September, yeah. One of me, yeah, saying, he just had to kind of like apologize now. and stuff, but... Yeah, I feel like for the but that most was part, because the video of him punching an old man came out, <laughs> which was so funny to me, by the way. Which I think is partly the reason why he um, he, he stopped drinking was, um, you know, like it's, it's just like a venom for him. Like the, the alcohol just brings out this fucking asshole in him. Um, and <laughs> I would argue he's like that sober too. Yeah, but, but uh, the funny part about that video is. That old man ate that famous left hook like it was nobody's fucking business. Yo, he literally ate the left I didn't, hook. I never, saw, I never saw the video. It's hilarious. So I think he's like, Connor, Connor is incessantly trying to pour him a glass of proper 12, right? Oh, and he doesn't and want it. And he's like, it. no, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. And then he, like, I think he refuses it like four or five times. I think maybe words were exchanged. And then... Uh, and then Connor hits him with the left. And it's like, everybody in the comment section said exactly what I was thinking. That dude ate the famous left hook. And he's just, just some random guy in an Irish pub took Conor McGregor's lethal left hand and um, ate it. Like, just ate it. But uh, without without uh, exhausting the topic too much, what do you think is next for him? I think I have I have a few things in mind for, for me. I just don't know. I just want to see him. I know he's going to fight again. And and I think in the interview, the post interview with somebody, I can't remember, he said, they said, do you want to fight by like summer? And he said, yeah, I do. So I think that this is like, like you said, a quick turnaround. He didn't take any damage. So he'll be back to fight sooner than we think. I'm just excited for him to fight again. To be honest, I don't really care who it is. I just like Connor. I just like watching him. Mm -hmm. So who do I think realistically he's going to fight next? Well, Khabib is fighting, supposed to be fighting uh, Tony Ferguson next. I don't think Khabib is the next fight for him. I think that that's like in the future, and I don't think Connor's going to just wait around for that to happen. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick who he's going to fight next, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe Jorge Masvidal? Um, maybe him? I guess maybe now Paul uh, Felder? Uh-huh. Um I don't know. Who do you think is going to be next for him? I, I think he likes the weight that he's at. I think he wants to stay in this class for a little bit, maybe go for like a title fight eventually in this class. And, and Dana White was like, I'm never going to say anything about him fighting at this weight again. Like clearly this works for him. Um, so I have like a pretty multifaceted, like multi-part All right, answer. Let's hear it. All right. So I think that, so Tony Ferguson and uh, Khabib are fighting in April on a- April 18th, mm-hmm. right? So anybody that follows UFC, MMA, whatever it is, they know that that matchup was supposed to happen like six times at this point. It, it, it seems like it's tr- it was supposed to happen forever. And the last time it was supposed to happen, uh, Tony Ferguson tripped on an extension cord and tore his ACL. And then, Jesus. yeah, and then he didn't fight. And it was supposed to happen in Brooklyn. And then Ally Quinta took the fight on one day's notice and then went, went the distance with, with Khabib. I think... 
if that fight doesn't happen, if either Khabib has issues, Ferguson has issues, I think the UFC calls up Conor McGregor and says, do you want this fight? I think considering the um, the like little damage that he took in this fight, I mean, none. Did you take any? Yeah, none. I mean, if you probably took a couple, think, couple shots, think, right? I don't think Don. I think they said Donald Cerrone. This was the first fight he, he, he had didn't zero throw. strikes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Unless so, he just hurt his hand. I don't know. Punching him. Whatever it is, uh, it's probably as as grueling as a sparring session. I think that if any of those two pull out, right, in on April eighteenth, I think Conor McGregor comes back and he fights either Tony Ferguson uh, or Khabib. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't happen, if that fight happens, right. If if Tony Ferguson and Khabib fight, I think he could either fight. I would love him to see. I would love to see him go up against Colby Covington because fuck Colby Covington, he's an annoying prick. Oh yeah, but That'd that be would good. that would sell really that really MAGA well. Guy? Yeah. Okay. That would sell really really well if he fought him because both of them are are big talkers. Colby took a fucking page out of Connor's book, which yeah, is he's a make copycat. a yeah make a lot of noise, then you'll get the fights. So I would love to see Connor out fucking play him because Kobe's an idiot. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him fight either uh, Jorge Masvidal or Kamaru Usman. Mm-hmm. It would be really cool if he gets the the belt at 170. I would like that. Yeah, three belts that he's like achieved in his like yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, I would think that that, that would be huge. I think he's going to stay at 170. Does Khabib, what does Khabib fight at? Uh, 155, right? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's fighting Khabib for like a little bit. Yeah. I just don't see that being his next fight, being all of a sudden Khabib. No. Also, if the, if that was the next fight, that he just, Khabib and Ferguson don't work out again, and then Connor steps in, then it's going to make this fight with with Cowboy like look even more like fake. Because people are going to be like, clearly that was the whole point, was to get him out there, get him, and then he was going to, you know, be ready yeah. to go for the Khabib fight. Well, I just don't think it's going to happen right away. If any of what he's saying is true, right? If any of what he's saying is, if he's approaching this year, 2020, he's calling it his 2020 season. If he's going to actually approach this and do exactly what he's saying, which is continue to stay sober, continue to train, continue to try and take fights, continue to try and and, and, uh, make his way up the ranks on the UFC again, then I think either his last fight or whatever it is, it'll be against Khabib, and he'll wipe that loss. I, I think when you look at it, his most embarrassing loss was um, was against Khabib. I, I mean, when he lost against Mayweather, I was like, all right, it's fine. Like, pretty much everybody thought that this was going to happen. Yeah, right? you're also fighting Floyd Mayweather. When he fought against Nate Diaz and lost the, uh, the first time and lost, you know, a majority of people were like, all right, yeah, that's fucking Nate. Like, the dude can go to the distance and eat punches, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it's nothing crazy. But speaking I, of, you didn't say that he was gonna. You didn't see, say Nate could be the next. I would. Player. I would love he for that to happen. Thing, he's like someone brought up Nate. And he's like, let's go, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> let's go round three. Yeah, give him number three. Yeah. Um. I guess we can. Conc- I think. Wait. Does Nate fight at what? Wait. Does Nate fight at one fifty five too? One fifty five. Yeah. I would love to see him fight Nate again. That'd be. Uh, a, that'd I would. Be a cool I one. would. For sure, I would go. I would go anywhere in the world to go watch that. For sure. I guess we can conclude though with a quote from him that I liked this was from his like post fight interview because now he's all you know humble Connor or whatever uh and he said there's no secret sauce to this recognize what you need to do and fucking do it and you will succeed or fucking do it fucking do it but uh it was a great fight yeah I mean it was great whatever you call that like you said it was basically a sparring session Mm -hmm. um it's just fun to watch him like I don't care even if you hate him and you think he's an asshole which like a lot of this is justified Mm -hmm. you can't say that he's not entertaining like the dude just like 
oozes entertainment. Yeah. So. I, I think, yeah, I mean. Anybody that is a fan of, you know, fighting sports and combat sports knows that him being back only makes the sport better because everybody's on their toes. Everybody wants to make the fucking money. He, he'll he make you a millionaire. I mean, I, I think he uh, he said it in a in a press conference once back in the day. He's like, when you fight me, it's red panty night. Because he's like, when you fight me, I make you the money. You come home to your wife and she puts red panties on because I make you a millionaire. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's crazy. That's the shit. That's him. That is, he is great for the sport. He makes everybody you know, come out and perform well so that they could either go up against him or be on his fucking fight card, you know what I mean? So that they could get a draw for the pay-per-view. It, it's it's great. I'm, I'm very excited. I hope, because the, the past couple of months for the UFC, for me at least, weren't really that entertaining. A lot of people that I enjoy uh, that I wanted to win lost, but I'm happy. I hope, fingers crossed, that he makes good on what he says. He doesn't get caught up in the partying, the alcohol, the drugs, if you if you do it or whatever. Um, yeah, I just want him to win because you can't just talk shit and be cocky and lose, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> you got to back it up and support it. Otherwise, people think his fans are like, you know, like, okay, you're just basically like riding for this guy who can't back up anything he's saying. So if you're going to be a dick, basically, and you're going to cause all this commotion and, and go like, you know, take these jabs, liter- like, physically, but also, like, linguistically yeah. at people or whatever. Mm-hmm. At least, at least be make good on your word and be good in the octagon. So, exactly. happy he came back and won. It mm-hmm. was exciting. But in other Mac news, not Mac Gregor, but Mac Miller. Oh, nice transition. I there. know, I thought about that. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Bring back the senorita intro. Uh, but yeah, in other Mac news, um, you know, we always, before we, we come into every episode, we try to think like, what, what did you, what did you listen to this week? What'd you watch? What'd you do? What occupied your headspace? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that both Kelsey and I listened to this week was, uh, Circles, the new album by Mac Miller. I don't know. I, I, like, what'd you think? Uh, I, I kind of liked it. I definitely have favorites on the album. Um, it was re- like, I need, I, I didn't take the time to like, look up the lyrics and listen which i like to do because i think his lyrics are like i don't know they they're the last two albums they've been pretty deep so i want to do that still but like the the vibe of it is is Mm. different from the companion album what was the one before swimming it's supposed to be like slightly it's a it's a different piece but like they kind of go the idea is swimming in circles or whatever Mm. it is um it's very like moody like you can listen to it and just like clean your apartment that's exactly what i did <laughs> and like you contemplate life but you also get shit done i can't explain it um i think it's probably his best work though like in terms of meaning meaning and like lyrics and um just the way he puts like different melodies together and he sings a lot on it which i, I didn't realize he has a decent voice like mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's good. What do you What did you think about it? I know you liked it. You, you texted me and you're like, "I'm actually." That's you said. I'm actually sad listening to this, and that's what my big takeaway was too. Is that, I mean, a lot of songs can make you feel things, but like I genuinely feel like when I listen to him, I, I'm like in his headspace, thinking yeah. thinking about what he probably was thinking about, which is kind of crazy from yeah. a rapper. I don't personally usually get those feelings. Yeah, I mean. Um... I can't really like I, I bringing this up. I I can't think of a, a lot of time to spend on it. 
like I don't want to spend too much time on it because I feel like we 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 spoke about it before, but it's kind of crazy when you think about it, right? So, how did I become a fan of Mac Miller, right? Mm-hmm. You become a fan of Mac Miller when you're younger, and his songs are like kicking incredibly dope shit and Kool Aid and Frozen Pizza and uh, Senior Skip Day, and you're like a junior in high school, a sophomore in high school, whatever it is, but you're in high school. Mm-hmm. So like at the time, those lyrics make sense to you and you're like yeah senior skip day oh i'm gonna smoke weed and fucking drink chocolate milk oh that's fuck cool this rapper talks about the shit that i do mm-hmm. right it's a very cool experience because you feel like this dude gets your life and then you kind of grow up and either an artist stays in that realm and does what worked for them or they take creative uh leaps and they they explore other other areas i think Mac Miller took creative leaps, but unfortunately, you know, he passed away too soon. But yeah, he the didn't reason, get a chance to see them through. Exactly. The reason why I actually like this album the most out of all of his albums was because I think that he really, um, I'm sorry if you hear our washing machine in the background. <laughs> or if you hear like farting noises, I'm not farting, I'm moving around in a chair. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he really, it's an, it's unfortunate because I think he reached like, the peak of his creativity mm-hmm. just before he died. And the reason why I, th- I think it, it made me sad was because if you listen to any of the lyrics, like as an adult or a young adult, whatever you want to call us, his lyrics make sense to you. It's like in the same way Kool-Aid and Frozen's Pizza made sense to you in high school, it's the same way that, you know, uh, hand-me-downs or Blue World makes sense to you when you're 25 or 26 or whatever age you are. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny because like, you know, he'll talk to you about like, uh, I spent the whole day in my head, do a little spring cleaning. You know what I mean? Like uh, any adult. That, yeah. Just his lyrics are just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one day I'll be, I'll be better. But for now, I'm still just kind of anxious and overthinking. Yeah. And you're just like, geez, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know relatable. it's like, it's funny too, because it's so, it's so fucked up to say, but depression and anxiety are mainstream right to be like i'm depressed and everybody's like me too i'm so fucking depressed and they're like sitting there with their fucking lululemon uh fucking leggings on and they're holding starbucks coffee and they're like i'm so fucking depressed yeah you know it's it's cliche and everybody's anxious right right but and a lot of these like new artists try to hint at depression and anxiety and being sad and stuff like that and a lot of it doesn't come off authentic Mm -hmm. for me at least this album sounded very authentic in terms of like oh yeah all right and this is terrible because the song has great impact but you know the the logic song i don't want to be alive i don't want to be like he made that so mainstream that it no longer felt Nah, I would just change it if it came on. I was like, this is so annoying. I mean, like, it's a great message. The title of the song is like the, what is it? The National Suicide Hotline Prevention or whatever. Yeah, it definitely brings awareness to like a really Mm -hmm. positive in the fact that it's like, here's the number in your face for the suicide hotline. Call this if you, whatever. But I just feel like in terms of realness and like somebody who you know was clearly going through shit and like Mm -hmm. turn that into art. I think Mac did that like to to the T. Exactly. 
So I think that it was a really good album. I yeah. really hope he get, he got nominated for a Grammy for uh, swimming. Mm-hmm. I hope he wins for circles. I th- I think he could. He could. He yeah. very well could win like best rap album. But a lot. I really hope that people don't take it away from it. Like where it's like, oh, oh you know, everyone just, wins after they die. Yeah, it's just because he's dead. No, it's actually a really thought provoking, like introspective album. Like. It, Oh, wow, that was a big word for me. SAT prep over here. And you said it correctly. Yeah. You know, it makes you look inside yourself and actually think about shit. And it's kind of funny. So obviously, like every other fucking person, I posted that I was listening to the album on social media. But before I posted that I listened to the album on social media, I remembered in my camera roll, I have shit from when I was at his concert. And I looked back on it and I was at his concert in October of 2011. Yeah. Which is insane, right? So he's. I think we were both at the same concert. We were, but we didn't even know each other. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was a. It was I like don't know. Blue Slide Park or yeah. whatever. It, it was cool. I, I was like a fake fan. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. But now his stuff, like I just, obviously knowing like, the sad reality of mm. you know whatever, you're kind of like, geez, like this stuff was real and it's it's weird because it feels a little haunting listening to him because some of his lyrics make you think. Like, did he know he wasn't going to live a long life? Or did yeah. he did he know it wasn't going to pan out for him? And I don't think, it's not like he, like, predicted his death. I think it was just his thoughts were so negative and he clearly felt like, I'm letting so many people down. Like, I just need to, I need to express myself and get it out mm-hmm. one way or another. Because, I mean, based off of the, the results from his, like, the test that they did after he passed away, it wasn't, like, an intentional suicide or overdose. He, like, I guess it was least with fentanyl or whatever like it wasn't even an amount that would have necessarily killed him mm-hmm. so um i don't know i just felt like it's not like it, you text me you're like this is a suicide note or whatever I mean, or you it, said it sounded like it, a suicide it sounds, note. i think i said that on the last episode too but like it, it sounded like he knew it's also fucking crazy because he was 27 and like the curse of the 27 kirk Cobain dies nah, at 27 26 right, it's still close enough like yeah. kirk Cobain died killed himself at 27 uh didn't marvin Gaye? die at 27 i don't know like a bunch bu- bunch of famous yeah. people so it's amy it, winehouse amy winehouse uh, yeah it, it's kind of nuts but um yeah i i think if you haven't listened to the album if you weren't a fan of his i think you should go and listen to it um don't be critical the guy's dead <laughs> um don't be a dick <laughs> yeah don't be a fucking asshole and like tweet at him like yo your fucking music sucks happy you're dead fucking asshole do people do that? I don't know. The internet is... The, no one is above anything on the internet. I've seen some fucking crazy shit. So, yeah, yeah it's good. I would say it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty good to listen to and be like, I fucking suck, which... <laughs> no. And no, I don't know. Well, it, it definitely makes you... It, it puts you in the headspace that, you know, you're not walking around laughing. But, yeah. But it's, it's thought-provoking in a way that makes you mm. kind of like think about your own life and happiness and mm. i don't know i guess if you're not in a good place don't maybe don't listen to it yeah well for, <laughs> for anybody that listened to our our fifth episode uh when we went over the decades bangers anybody could pretty much tell i love my sad boy shit i love sad boy yeah. music you, i love Cheryl in the music. shower just listens to like frank ocean and cries hell yeah no i don't not cry all the time but if i need to i'll fucking Please. let it out dog <laughs> gotta get them daddy issues out somewhere jeez you can't have daddy issues <laughs> actually can you yeah you of can. course what do you mean equality i thought that was like a girl like oh she has daddy issues i've all right then i have daddy issues too what the fuck 
No, why, since when did women capitalize on daddy issues? I don't know. What are you, monopolizing daddy issues? That's yeah, not fair. Yeah, it's our thing. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> the Let fuck? us have this one thing. All right, okay. Touche. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we went from one really, really high of the week to a pretty low of the week. So let's go to a very neutral thing. Yeah. Harry, Prince Harry, and actually, they're not called that anymore. Uh, it's just harry and megan i think it sounds like your neighbors <laughs> because they like made an announcement that they were going to no longer be active members of the royal active working members of the royal family because they're going to split their time quote unquote i don't know how true that is between canada and the uk and basically and i just read too i wanted to get the, the amount correct but apparently they're going to repay tax their uh taxpayers roughly 3.1 million dollars for the renovations that they made on their windsor castle because they're no longer gonna like be like obviously the royal family like uses taxpayer money to do a lot of things Mm -hmm. um that's how they're able to not work and just go volunteer and all that shit Mm -hmm. so since they're no longer they're no longer using their titles they're not like living um in like the royal palace anymore whatever you call it Mm. so so people like have a lot of mixed feelings about this um a lot of it stems from people disliking Meghan markle for whatever reasons some people point to race being an issue that uk has not been the, the nicest towards her for that mm-hmm. um they're not accepting of her because yeah, it, it's a lot of shit a lot of people are like oh she what she wasn't royal she was an actress and she came from a divorced family and like she everybody so- tries to act like they're above something on the internet like if if anybody spent five minutes looking at themselves they'd be like oh yeah i'm a fucking piece of shit you're probably tweeting from your one bedroom apartment with fucking mcdonald's wrappers on your floor like megan markle isn't royalty material let me let me be completely honest here though mm-hmm I could give two fucking shits about this royal family. To me, it's... What do they do? They're just a figurehead, right? I swear to God, and this is... All right, another unchecked facts of the week. I swear to God, this is the same type of shit to me as Game of Thrones. These people do fucking nothing, in my opinion. I have no idea what they do. And then people are obsessed with it. Like, the royal wedding was one of the most watched People wake up at 3 a.m. to watch it. Yeah. And now the ceremonial rice pudding. Like, who gives a fuck? Like... (laughs) Like, who cares? Who cares? It, these people have no bearing or, or No, I just was curious. I anything. mean, I, no, I, I'm, saying like, I'm not fans of, like, I don't, yeah. I don't, there's nothing to be fans of. Like, I don't, yeah. they don't do anything. I think it's just interesting. And like, yeah. there's like, oh, like Harry and William are now no longer close and people point fingers at Megan or whatever. They're like, you know, she's pulling him away. And he, then people are like, no, he's doing what's right for his family because she was like being bullied by like, uh, by uh, reporters and just the public in the UK. Mm-hmm. So like he doesn't want what happened to his mom to happen to his wife clearly and whatever. So mm-hmm. bunch of random shit yeah. I read on this stuff, even though I don't really care. <laughs> I guess maybe I do. I don't know. The only thing that I would actually upset me and I didn't know that they were doing the whole 3.1 million tax thing is I, I, I saw like briefly on, I think it was Reddit somewhere like that. People tweeting, Oh, uh, what the fuck? Like, we don't want to support you assholes here. Like, we don't want to pay for your shit. I think that's that's the most annoying part is the people have to support this well, I don't, royal they're family. Not, they're, 
well, the royal family, but they're not going to, I don't think that. Are the people of Canada going to have to uh, pay? No, I guess they're not considered royals anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just Meghan and Harry in Canada? Apparently she was in talks of she might be doing another, taking on another project. Like she might go back into acting or something. So clearly mm. she'd be wanting to do that. To I mean, listen, they're going to be fine. I'm not concerned about them ending up on the street. Because the truth is he was like 12th in line to the throne or something. It was like. It, the way it worked was it was yeah, like isn't it William? was it was like William then it was William's kids then it's like somebody else and like Harry was like eighth or ninth or something so Harry, he was never gonna become king right tell me this isn't fucking Game of Thrones like, tell me <laughs> I don't know what either is about yeah I swear to God it's like no William must take the throne mm-hmm. like who gives a fuck I don't know people were saying though that it was disrespectful to the Queen or whatever oh, because it's like fuck the Queen yeah. <laughs> Stop it. She's an ice lady. Wait, we actually have listeners in the UK. Oh, shit. Take it back. I'm sorry. I don't know. Issue our first public apology. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's about time we made it this far. Tenth episode, double digits. It's about time we uh, we apologize for something. But um, it's just interesting how, like, uh, infatuated the public is with them. But, I mean, I think that's good that they're, like, repaying, you know, tax dollar money for like they're moving out or whatever and and whatever i don't think that them no, no longer being royals has any impact on the uk it mm-hmm. operates like i don't know do, do they have any influence on decision making elizabeth is gonna live till 3005 like yeah. she's fucking this bitch kicking forever you know what i forget what's it called what's the the political system in brit in england called uh, something monarchy like a constitutional uh, d- d- Democratic monarchy? I don't know. I have to look it up. Political system. But they have a parliament. Is it? You're a, right. It's a. It's a parliamentary uh, democracy. Uh, monarchy or some shit like that. A constitu- A framework of a parliamentary democracy under a constitutional monarchy. All right, bitches. Now you know, uh, listeners. I come off stupid every fucking week, but I know one or two things. Oh, and the prime minister of the UK is like the head too. Yeah, of course. Well, they have more. They have more play than uh, the. Than I think the, the royal family. Than the does. royal family does. Yeah. Very interesting. Learn something new. But uh, yeah, yeah. that's some other. You know, I've been getting a lot of CNN alerts about it, so I felt like we need to talk about it's it. It's fucking hilarious. CNN's like, Meghan Markle takes a fart on Queen Elizabeth's sofa. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, who cares? I don't know. Uh, I will say um, that I do applaud... What's his name? Harry. I want to fucking say his last name is Styles. I know it's it's Harry Styles is from One Direction, but I don't know their last name. Yeah, what is that? What the fuck thing? is the last name of the royal family? Like, is it just Harry England? Like, <laughs> what are they called? I don't know. What's Queen Elizabeth's last last name? Wait, what the hell? Hold on. What is it? Uh, Henry, Henry Charles, Charles Albert, Albert David. David. He has four full four first names. And or then Prince William is William Arthur Philip Lewis Windsor. That's so fucking. He's a ugly motherfucker. He was hot when he was younger. And yeah, because he had that hairline. Yeah. And I was like, Dang. shit. <laughs> and it's like you have the money for plugs. Yeah, I mean, well, fucking listen. do it. Harry can keep You're a girl. Not above anything. He can keep a girl and he can keep his hair. <laughs> William can't keep his hair. I mean, who cares though? But I will respect I will respect Harry Harry Styles on one thing. Um <laughs> Harry four full names, first names uh, on one thing is that he put his wife first. I I do appreciate that. Like if if the if the case here is that the family was toxic towards his wife, 
Mm-hmm. No, I'm not talking fucking Siri. If the case here, to us, yeah, of course. The Queen of England is like that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Send in the drones. They're <laughs> gonna fucking drone strike me or some shit. Oh God. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> gonna sip her tea. Drone strike the Jew in Jersey. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a fucking missile straight through our window. Make it look like a suicide or some shit oh, too. Oh God. But uh. <laughs> Yo, for real. Hold up. I saw a meme. I saw a meme this week. Shout out to uh, a listener, Arcadio. He sent me a meme and it was like, <laughs> it was like uh, prolific, whatever. It was like controversial uh, person, Jeffrey Epstein's island, uh, <laughs> purchased by Middle Eastern uh, billionaire. And the name was Hadid Not Kill Myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was Hadid Nakil Musef, and I was, I was fucking dead. Oh my god! Uh, shit. All right, but yeah, going back, I think <laughs> I think that Harry, Harry, and and Megan, I applaud him on putting his wife first. That's a very bold thing to do. Um, which actually brings us to another thing of of marriage, right? And uh, putting your marriage first and doing what's successful for your marriage. So we ended up watching Marriage Story. Yeah, we. I had heard like, I mean, it was up for, or it is up for. It's it's in the category for best film for the. Oscars. Well, we saw the Golden Globes. The Oscars are coming up now. Um, and I think both, um, what's his name, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson are both like up for like mm-hmm. best actor, best actress. So you tell me what your thoughts were, and then I'll tell you mine. So um, I thought it wasn't like a crazy movie like it wasn't insane uh controversial topics that were brought up but i I thought it was like a in my opinion the first magnifying glass look into an unsuccessful marriage right when you when you watch movies they're always showing the romeo and juliet story they're always showing star-crossed lovers uh you can't make me lose you which that's beautiful but Let's be realistic here. Divorce is a thing. Not all uh, couples end successfully, you know. Uh, it's a very rare case that you stay married for the majority of your life. I think it would. It, it's one, what is it, one in every two marriages ends in a divorce? Everyone in my family is divorced. Except my gra- my one set of grandparents have been um, together for 67 years. Something yeah, crazy. That's fire. And also, shout out to Papa Howie. He celebrated his 90th birthday yesterday. Um, yeah, we were at his birthday last week, which is why it sounded like I was weekend. dying from influenza or some shit. Yeah, so somebody had texted me. They were like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> yeah. So they were like, "You sounded rough on your last episode." It was just a rough episode. Yeah, it was a rough episode. But um, as somebody whose parents are divorced, I would say I don't. I didn't get like a close, like look at their divorce. You know, mm-hmm. I was like 15, 16 or something. Like I did in this movie, but I was really impressed with like Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson because I don't personally know them to be like phenomenal actors. Um, I guess more so Scarlett than Adam Driver. Mm. But um, I thought they did a really good job. I thought that like there wasn't one um, main plot the whole time. I mean, the the plot was that the 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 storyline was that they're getting divorced. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you can assume that from. I'm not giving anything away. But um, I just thought that it was like really deep and telling. And they have that one scene where they're fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and Adam's like, I forgot what his name is in the He's movie. Like, Every day I wake up, I wish you were fucking dead. And I'm yeah. like, damn. But that- like, I wish you were hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And if it didn't affect me or like their son's name, yeah. I wish Henry you Henry or Harry. He's or like, Harry. Oh, I shit. fucking hate you. And I was like, damn. 
Yeah. Shit was just like intense. Yeah. But listen, like I'm sure that most divorces aren't like always like amicable. Like that mm-hmm. a lot of them go that way. So I yeah. I thought it was well done. Yeah. I kind of understand why it's up for like it's one of the movies in the category. Yeah. It was definitely interesting in a time where everyone's basically divorced. I mean, yeah, I, it's I think interesting story to be told and kind of give you an inside look at to like, nope, this this fucks up families. This makes yeah. kids travel across country to see both parents. Like parents then fight over who the kid loves more or you try know, to bribe him or even unintentionally yeah. bring him into it or this fucks up, you know, families and how you know people kind of like operate going forward who can be invited to the kid's birthday party and can in-laws stay in touch with the ex son and daughter-in-laws mm-hmm. and all that shit so i thought it gave a really interesting look at something that's like we know all too well and are kind of like desensitized to it like people get divorced you don't even bat an eye mm-hmm. but clearly behind the scenes there's like a lot more going on than just that so yeah um yeah i think that it was cool the, the coolest part for me yeah like the the fight the fight was pretty uh you could cut the tension with a knife as they say but the i think the the perspective that they showed which was awesome i mean i i don't know it personally thank god but the lawyers like the how oh, fucking shit. how fucking Laura Dern lawyers fucking killed it um for all my feminists out there i'm not like like yeah feminist um i'm just saying there's a speech she gives where she's talking about like She's talking to her, she's the lawyer for Scarlett Johansson, and she just gives a little speech to her quickly where she's like, Mother Mary, like, she, whatever, basically I she... I wouldn't even ruin it. Like No, 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 I, just watch it. Yeah, just, just, just watch, watch it. Watch that. She fucking kills it, though. She murders it. Basically saying how, in a divorce, the woman needs to show how prime and perfect she was. She needs she to was. be perfect in order to get it. Like, she can't, you know, like... Yeah. Yeah, and she draws, like connections to mother mary and like you know she basically had a kid and couldn't even like have sex to have the kid or she'd be mm-hmm. a slut like all this stuff exactly so she was like the first the most famous mother of all time was a virgin yeah that just shows you how pure you need to be i thought that it was like a that was written really really good and then it just showed how lawyers could either fuck everything up or you know misconstrue the truth and how they really look at it as business so like there's a portion in the movie where they're discussing the terms of their divorce. Yeah, yeah. and it's then like, they break. It's like they're saying vile things to each other. Yeah. They're bringing up each other's past. They break for like I forget how much time it is. Like fifteen minutes. Yeah, but they're for like lunch. They're like you don't even think of her as an object. You're like you think of her as an object. You 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 don't even think of her her soul or what she needs or her mental uh, capacity for things. And then they break. For lunch. And then they're like, oh my God, I really loved your work. Yeah. Your, your work on that play was phenomenal. And then yeah. they go right back at it. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I thought it was it was done extremely well. Um, so yeah, take a look at it. If yeah. you're not too, like, you know, mm-hmm. I guess sensitive toward divorce, it's a good thing to watch. And the last thing that I wanted to discuss that um, Kelsey didn't watch, rightfully so, but... I was told to watch it by every single person um, was Don't Fuck With Cats. So talk about, you know, hard to watch. Don't Fuck With Cats was extreme. Are you done with it? Like, yeah. is it short? Oh. It was only, it's only three episodes. Each one's about an hour or so long. And without spoiling too much, because I, 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 should, I should say this. If you are a cat person, don't watch this. If you are, Which is why I didn't. If you are a cat person, don't watch this. If you love animals, watch it with, uh, you know, 
I, I would say take caution because that shit fucking broke my heart. So basically, don't go into details. No, no details. Um, but there is there is one thing that I wanted to call out on it, which made me fucking pissed. So it, it, it's about this guy who does these heinous, disgusting, sadistic acts to, 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 to cats fucking and, rotten hell, and takes a video of it and puts it online for attention. Uh, he catches the attention of the online animal activist community, and they fucking turn into like CSI Miami up in this motherfucker. So th- they're they're like, okay, this video occurred, and you could see uh, this yellow vacuum, and this yellow vacuum is only sold in nor- North America. And when you look at the the vacuum, its outlet is plugged into a North American outlet, and then there's songs playing in the background which are from Russia. So they become full-fledged federal fucking agents they become obsessed with this guy for 18 months i can't believe it took them that long to find him this was the internet the internet was obsessed with him for 18 months there was why was the like why were police or just like so listen without because if i told you how it would spoil it um for 18 months they're fucking obsessed with this guy they do everything and anything to figure out where he is who he is why he's doing this they are obsessed with him, giving him incessant uh, attention, incessant, uh, uh, just, they're infatuated with, like, how the fuck somebody could do this. So a lot of the times people would come home from work, and then they would spend the majority of their time on the internet investigating this guy. Uh, the three-episode series goes into finding him, why he did it, and then the big aspect of the the, the fact that the internet helped find this guy. But... It ends with this lady who made me so fucking angry that it ended like this. And I, I really Don't say how it ended then. No, 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 no. She says something without without uh without spoiling the, the show too much. It made me so angry because she looks in the camera and uh she basically says sometimes I wonder whether or not I am partly to blame for the acts that he did because we gave him the attention that he deserved. She's like, am I to blame? I don't know. Are you to blame? You just watched some odd hours of ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Cat torture. No, they were like, she was like, you watched some odd hours of this this documentary. You gave him the attention that he wanted. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, don't fucking put me in this, bitch. Don't Don't you fucking put this. She looks like a pug, first of all. She looks like Mr. Peanut Butter from BoJack Horseman's um, uh, Bojack Horseman, uh, his wife. Yeah. He, his she lo- she looks like a pug. So she turns to the camera and basically says, "Like, we're to blame too for watching this because we're we're obsessed with serial killers." Like, no, the fuck, I'm not. I didn't spend 18 months Facebook uh, detectiving this fucking asshole. Like, if you want to blame somebody, don't blame me. Fucking blame yourself for doing all that shit. Mind you, she didn't even lo- use her her real name online. She used something called Body Movin. It was spelled B-A-U-D-I-M-O-O-V-I-N after the Beastie Boys song. I swear to God, that whole series was captivating and it captured me and all that. And that shit made me so fucking angry that she turned to the camera and was like, turn the machine down. You're partly to blame. I'm like, no, bitch, you pug. You're you're to blame, not me. Yeah. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> that being said, have a great week. <laughs> yeah. 
That being said, have a great week. No, we uh, hit a lot of topics today. Yeah, and uh, all over the fucking map. Uh, all over the map. Which actually, I wanted to say thank you to um, our new listeners in Brazil. We have listeners in Brazil. Yeah, thank you to our oh, new ris- listeners in Brazil. Thank you to our continued uh, support from the United Kingdom. Thank you to our Americans, our cowboys. Uh, yeah, we, we really appreciate you. Um, ten, 10 weeks, 10 episodes. Who it's the, exciting. Who the fuck we thought we'd make it I this far? I thought I was going to quit week two. We, they thought we were fucking toast. We're still the bread. We're still the fucking bread, baby. Tell them where to find us. Uh, um, you can find us on Instagram at a sidebar podcast. That's at A-S-I-D-E-B-A-R-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You could follow me personally at Sherelle B. That is S-H-A-R-E-L-L-B. Uh, you can find the podcast's homepage on anchor.fm. Uh, it's a sidebar podcast. Sidebar is one word, separated by hyphens. Please send in voice messages. We want to interact with you. We want to talk shit. We want to hear your perspectives on half the things we, we say. Don't be shy. Uh, chances are you're probably smarter than me. Um, but yeah, Kels, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Coco for Kelsey. That's K-O-C-O-A, the number four, Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y. Um, I don't really post things related to the podcast because I just, I don't know. I, I kind of keep a personal life separate i guess from this but would love to still be friends with people who listen to this on there yeah absolutely um and yeah that's pretty much it tell your motherfucking friends tell your neighbors tell everybody we're 10 episodes deep i'm hoping by the end of this year we'll be fucking 62 episodes deep whatever it is (laughs) that's right that's right motherfucker yeah with that being said send it over we appreciate you thank you for listening to our episode wow (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.